Hi, this is Wild Nick Brown, and uh, I'm the drummer for Doc and Ted Nugent, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Hey, this is Tom Kiefer from Cinderella, and you are listening to Iron City Rock. Hi, this is Lita Ford. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Don Dawkins, and you're rocking on Iron City Rocks. Hello and welcome to episode 173 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I am your host, John. Episode 173 is coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But this time around, we're going to do something a little bit different. As many of you may have listened, uh, about two years ago, we talked to A.J. Perot of Twisted Sister about a charity uh, that is centered out of Baltimore, Maryland called Fallen Blue. Fallen Blue uh, was founded uh, by a buddy of mine to help police officers who were killed outside of the line of duty Uh, and i think if you watch the news headlines in any major city across the world police officers are um, being killed in action and out of action uh, far too often you know so this charity was designed to help those who may not get the help that they would if they were on duty when they were injured or killed so fallen blue is going to be doing a benefit concert called Harvest 2012 on November 10th in Maryland, in uh, Baltimore, outside of Baltimore, Maryland. You can find information about the show at fallenblue.org. But to give you an idea of what's on the show that night, Don Dockin, vocalist of the band Dockin, Mark Bowles, who used to sing with Ingve Malmsteen, Paul Shortino, Doug Aldridge of Whitesnake, members of L.A. Guns, former members of Anthrax, Nevermore, and many, many more people. Also, AJ Piro will be there as the MC of the event. So you can find information about it at fallenblue.org. And we're also going to find a little bit more about it with our next guest, who is the vocalist of Dokken. Dokken, a band that uh, has been around since the early, early 80s. They were one of the original L.A. Uh, Hollywood uh, glam metal bands, if you use that term. To come out of that era, there was kind of Rat Motley Crew, Van Halen, and Dokken was right on their heels. Uh, as you know, Dokken uh, members have been no stranger to the show. We've had Wild McBrown and also former guitarist George Lynch on the show a few times, but this is the first chance we've had to talk to Don. Don was awesome to talk to, really, really down-to-earth guy, and it was very enjoyable. So we are going to play a track from the new Dokken album, Broken Bones, which is available now in Frontiers Records. This is called Empire, and then we're going to talk to Don. Brown 
Fantastic. Uh, right out of the bat, I've, I've got to ask you about the new record. Um, it's been out now for, I guess, about a week or so on Frontiers Records. Um, congratulations on the release, and, and also congratulations on, on teaming up with Frontiers Records. Um, you talk a little bit about the, you know, the writing and the recording process of the record? Well, it was the first time we did a lot differently because we did it at my house. Uh, I have a guest house on my estate, and... Um, up in the mountains, and we just thought instead of being locked in a dark control room like everybody is, mm-hmm. just you know, doing a more peaceful environment with trees and mountains around us, and just take our time. And um, you know, we wrote 30 uh, musical ideas for this album because I want every song to stand out. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the records from our genre and the new genres, I've just noticed lately, you know, they seem to have out that one or two songs that you like on the radio and you buy the CD and you spend your hard-earned money and then you go, you know, a lot of filler songs, I guess you could call them, you know? Yeah. It's frustrating. You know, you buy, you go, oh, that's a cool song, and then you go, you find yourself fast-forwarding through the CD. I I think it's wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, so I, I tried to accomplish as a producer that every song stood out on its own and was all worth a listen. Sure. Now, you, you self-produced the album? Yes, I produced the last four Dokken albums. Okay. And do you use, um, is, is your studio uh, uh, like a, a digital studio, or are you still doing analog? A half and half. Yeah, we record the drums at Tommy Lee's studio, uh, okay. and, you know, in a regular big studio. And then we did the guitars analog, and then transferred the hard drives, and then I have a Pro Tools studio, and okay. finished it up that way. Yeah, no, do you, but, I, but like my builds are all done analog. I have old English equipment because I I owned a recording studio for about ten years called Seven Ten Recording, which a lot of documentaries were done there, and mm-hmm. a lot of bands recorded there. So when I sold it. Um, I kept all the old analog mics and old API equipment, old English stuff you can't buy anymore. Sure. And uh, so that way you get the sound. Go, even if it goes to the Pro Tools, you get the organic analog sound. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's you know the reason I asked the question because you know so many people, I think made the jump to digital. You know because obviously it's a lot more cost effective and and, and things oh, yeah. and, you, and you can do it without having to worry about geographic differences. But everybody still yearns for the analog, you know, and that's and yeah. It's like the, I heard now that you can't even buy tape for those machines. You have to find it used. Yeah, so people yearn for it. There's something to be said about it. Yeah, I, I, I can't put my finger on it. You know, I've done a lot of records, but there's something about analog tape that has this sound. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's getting better and better, but there's still something about making a record old school with big reels of tape that yeah, it, you, know, you can you know adjust, saturate the tape, and hit it hard, and it gets some kind of a crunch. Yeah. Now, um, as far as is being the producer on the albums, is that you know, a labor of love, or is that something? Do you do you um, 
is enjoyable or is it just somewhat of a, a obviously a way to keep the creative controls or you know how did you come to, to do the production on the albums um i like producing i think it's a labor of hell yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it yeah. adds a lot of work obviously you know over just going in and work. singing it yeah singing writing the lyrics arranging picking the sounds being there for the mix for the mastering design the artwork it, it, it's pretty it's pretty brutal but how do I say it you know why would I hire a producer it wasn't a financial decision it was just like John said well who knows the sound of docking any better than you do yeah and I said well you're right about that yeah no um no and I, and I guess maybe when I write a song I hear it a certain way and uh, that way if I screw it up I've got nobody to blame but myself. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's very well said. Um, stylistically, this album, I mean, when I listened to it, it, it really seemed to almost fit the flow of almost where Back for the Attack left off, um, as far yeah. as, you know, what I would consider. Was it was it some of an aim? I, I know with Lightning Strikes, um, you guys were going for, a, you know, more of a classic docking sound. Was was that also right. with this project? That was a retro. This, this is not a retro album, I wouldn't say at all. They asked us to give us another quote unquote classic docking signing record, but I, I really fought it. Yeah. You know, it's our last docking record we're doing. Uh, we're still doing a tour and, and, and all that stuff, but I'm not going to make any more docking records. And because uh, the world's changing and the record sales are, you know, a lot of bands, I guess, I, I see bands and they say they go in the studio and a month later the record's done. And I'm like, wow. That was that's amazing. Yeah, do that <laughs> you know, we spent eleven months on this record. Yeah, and a lot of money. Yeah, and I can't. I just can't put out cheap product. You know, at the end of the day, if we sell a hundred thousand or a platinum or nothing, it's out there forever. I can't take it back. I can't change anything. It's got to be as the very very best I can make it. Yeah, it's mean, just the way I am, and everybody knows who's worked with me. You know, I'm real intense about the music's got to be... If it doesn't get us excited, I can't expect anybody else to get excited. Yeah, well said. And and no one's name is more prevalent on that product than yours, obviously. You it's know, my brand. Yeah, yeah so I mean, it's it's a band, but it's it's sure as heck your name right there on on the package. So, you know, it's a, it's a good point. If you're not... If you don't feel it, you can't expect others. So that's very well said. Now, um... You, are you guys planning on, um, I mean, obviously this is you know, going to be a kind of a slow touring time of the year, but do you guys plan, I know you're doing some shows in Texas in October, do you have you know, definitive plans for a longer-term tour at the moment? You know, we've got the next shows next week you know, with Queensryche and Accept and Michael Schenker, so we got four more arena, the big shows, to play with them. Mm-hmm. Then we're doing a, I'm doing just a, a charity concert on October 18th and I'm in California for cancer. Mm-hmm. And I'm going. We're going to uh, Washington D.C. to do a Fallen Blue. It's called. Mm-hmm. It's the you know the benefit for Fallen Blue to raise money for uh, police officers that died outside line of duty, and uh, that's a really good cause. Some yeah. people contacted me that work for the CIA and and police departments and asked me to play last year, and we couldn't do it. So right. this year I'm the headliner and I'm doing an acoustic show. Oh, okay. Uh, that'll be. So that'll be a really good concert. Then, like you said, it's the holidays. People are kind of doing family things. It's not a good time to tour. 
you go out this time, that time you're in the Midwest, you got snow and the weather and all that. Yeah. So the album's doing really good. We just found out we're uh, in the top 100 in the Billboard charts after a week. That's yeah. happy about that. And we're hopefully it'll just hang in there for a couple of months over the holidays. And right now we're looking for a tour in the spring okay. to go out and we'll hopefully hook up with the big bands. We can play arenas instead of just small theaters or clubs. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be fun doing arenas. Um, you know, that energy, you know, all these years into, into your career to, to be doing arenas is, is you know, got to be like going home again. It's, it's a rush, you know, and you get the big stage and lights and production, and I do feel at home like that. I've spent most of my life on arena stages. I did Monster Rock. We were playing stadium for 100,000 people. and Yeah. Um, I like the clubs, too, and I like the theaters. We've been playing, like, some nights we play for 1,000 people, and some nights we play for six or seven in a festival, so it, it's just kind of every day you never know what you're going to get. I just like playing. I mean, at yeah. this point in our career, you know, we've made our mark and we've sold our tens of millions of records and have our platinum records and our success and all that, but it's been an interesting last couple of years, maybe because I'm getting older, yeah. that now it's more of a, a spiritual rush when you stand on stage and you see people smiling and singing along with the lyrics to a song you wrote 25 years ago and and our demographics have gone like Brad Whitford put it <laughs> in Aerosmith I heard him in my interview and he said what's your demographics these days and he goes from 6 to 60 Yeah, and that's really kind of where we're at I see uh, people that are I did an interview yesterday with the magazine and uh, and he said could you do me a favor and kind of put my 10 year old son on the phone he's like you're his favorite band you're his favorite singer and he looks up to you and he wants to be a singer when he grows up he's 10 years old and he said I can't get him to take that Broken Bones album he <laughs> wants to play it over and over and over and I said well that's a new generation That's the... so we see people 10 years old 15 years old 50 years old 60 it's wild yeah. so it's we've survived three decades the fact that we've survived three decades I think is a, a testament to the band you know, how bands have come and gone in the 80s and MTV oh, yeah. days, and mm -hmm. they had their one hit, and that was the end of it. Yeah, I mean, you you guys were were fortunate through that era. I mean, you guys amassed quite a number of, of classic songs in that period, but, um, you know, and yeah. have not rested on those laurels since. I mean, you guys have made uh, many phenomenal albums through your time with Reb and, and things like that, even. Red uh, and John Norm and John's been uh, Eleven's been the band ten years now. We've made some really good records. Lightning Strikes Again. I was very proud of. Yeah. The record. Yeah. But, and, um, that's important. It's, uh, it's been a long journey, and I've always tried. Like I said, I have the best players and and people that love music. They mm -hmm. had to be in love with music. Yeah. If they, anybody, you know, wants it just for the money, they really probably shouldn't be in this business. Yeah, it, it it is a tough thing, and if you're not passionate about it, I mean, then you'd be doing it for the wrong reason. I mean, you you could, you know, very easily, I'm sure, go into the studio and try to make you chase whatever the modern sound is, you know, as opposed yeah. to the music you love. And yeah, my, I mean, I'm, I want to I want to spread my wings, and I'm working on some other projects like mm -hmm. uh, Michael Shanker's playing tonight. I'm gonna go see him, and he gave me a couple of his acoustic albums, and I'm writing lyrics for over his acoustic albums right now. Yeah. That's a fun project for me I'm doing right now. It's coming out really great. And then I want to work with some uh, European artists, like bands like Opus and artists yeah. like that. I want to just try to, you know, journey down different roads and see what happens. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but 
I get I just get frustrated when I see my peers from the eighties and they're still making records. Maybe it's because they lost their money or, or you know, they lived too high of a lifestyle mm-hmm. or they sold millions of records and now you, they take the record advances and you know, like you say, have a little recording studio pro tools and just spend as least amount of time and effort on the record and just crank it out in a month and then put mm-hmm. the money in their pockets and I just can't do that. Yeah. I wouldn't expect any painter. I don't think that if you saw Monet back in the day, you know, sitting in France painting gardens in Caverny, and he just said, ah, I don't want to waste too much money on all this paint. You know, I just want to knock one out and see yeah. what happens. You know, he'd probably spend months and months and months paint, painting his paintings, and and I don't think anybody would stand over his head saying, uh, not too much orange, not too much blue, and don't put the too many trees. We like the last painting. Don't make it too different. And yeah. I like I like to do what I want to do. You know, mm-hmm. just the way it comes out of your head. If you yeah. have a vision and somebody asks you to not water it down, I'm not satisfied emotionally and spiritually. So I figure if I'm excited about a song and John, I go, wow, this is great. We chase it and we chase it. And we, on this album, we wrote a couple of songs three and four times. Mm-hmm. trying to outdo it, you yeah. know, and make it better and make the lyrics better. And I think we accomplished it. It's yeah. a very diverse album. You know, like mm-hmm. every song kind of has its own little vibe, like songs like Blind. I noticed it's one of the most top-loaded downloaded songs mm-hmm. so since the album came out, which we didn't expect. I think people were liking the, the heaviness of it and the Zeppelin kind of groove. Yeah, was it was it hard when you when you were done with the album to to pick a single or or did do other people get some influence in that to decide you know to shoot the video for Empire, which by the way turned out really really cool. Yeah, that was also you know we hadn't done a video since with um, when Brad Beach was in the band. That was mm-hmm. almost over ten years ago, and I directed that Life in the Sun. I did that video. Mm-hmm. That was really hard because there's nine eleven songs to edit. Yeah. But we hadn't done a video in so long. People don't do videos anymore. There's no more MTV. It's all reality shows. Sure. You, you just have YouTube as an outlet now. There still are music channels in Europe. But I just thought we need to make a video. You know, I want, you know, people to hear the song. And I picked Empire. You know, it is not a love song or love angst like I'm used to writing. It's about my frustration about the world. And, you know, you, you can't escape CNN of the news, uh, Turkey's invading Syria. We just crossed the 2,000 mark on soldiers killed. Yeah. Um, now that it's denounced, there's 1 million people dying in Somalia. They expect 750,000 to die in, in the next six months of starvation if the UN doesn't do something. Half of them children. All this stuff, unless you're a complete, you know, sociopath, it gets to you and it hurts you. And yeah. so I had to write the song Empire to ask the question, these dictators that kill their own people, where do they get them in the end? A burning empire, you got, you're got you destroying your own country, you've got nothing left. I don't understand. Right. I, I think, you know, look, here it is the year 2012, and the human race is around 2,000 years. You would think we'd be more spiritually enlightened by now, but in my opinion, it seems like we're going backwards. We're just learning how more effective ways to kill each other. Yeah, yeah, and it is, and it is. You bring up a great point. I mean, turning on the news is is such a depressing thing, and I don't. I often wonder if that's a is that a product of 
because news is so instantly available or if it's just the world is declining that rapidly. But, yeah, it is. It's, uh, yeah. I think it is. And, you know, and I try to come up. I'd like to have a, a better, more glory, glorious story about some of the songs in the album, like Empire. But the truth is it was inspired by just us being in the studio and we'd have Cena in the background or something on mute. And we'd take a break, you know, and order some food. And, and here we are sitting up in this beautiful... Hollywood Hills with trees surrounding on my property and and where we recorded it's all windows there's no walls it's all just looking out at the mountains and it's beautiful and it was a really nice environment to record in and yet you turn unmute the TV and it's just you know four more soldiers killed and bombings and 18,000 there's 18,000 people talk about the, the death rate of our soldiers we're losing overseas 2,000 but no one talks about the 18,000 are wounded. And yeah. it just got to me. So I, John had that really great guitar riff, up aggressive, up tempo. And so he wrote the lyrics. But I want, we also wanted to come out slamming on this album, come mm-hmm. out with a, just a heavy rocker. Right. We didn't care if it was commercial or radio friendly. I go, let's just come out with a really good up tempo, kick ass rock song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Um, yep. Uh, just one further question. Um, you've obviously been singing now professionally for decades. Is there anything special you do to kind of take care of the instrument uh, as far as, you know, like exercises or things like that? You know, I never did for most of my career, but then four years ago, you know, my voice got a lot huskier, mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure out why. It got worse and worse, but we, I did something really dumb, and... We went to Europe uh, almost four years ago, and I did 27 shows with no day off. Oh, yeah. What was I thinking? It's just the way it worked out. We were supposed mm-hmm. to, you know, most artists do two days on, one day off, three sure. days on, two days off. And um, I tore my vocal cord. Ooh, okay. I spent a fortune, you know, trying to fix it. I had the surgery and uh, got better. But, you know, my high range isn't what it used to be. I can name a dozen singers that... How do you say it? It's like a car, you know. If you got a car and you can put 200,000 miles on the engine, you know, when your strings wear out on your guitar, you mm. change them. Yeah. But when you're a singer, if you do any, if you hurt yourself, the damage is permanent. Mm. And, um, but then I talked to, uh, uh, Tom Keeper in, in, uh, Cinderella. We did some shows with him about six, seven months ago. Yeah, I know he had many problems, yeah. And he'd, uh, he'd, he'd taken all two, three years off. But then I heard him on stage, and he sounded fantastic. I was like, man, you sound just like you always do. You sound great. And he told me about retraining his voice, going to vocal lessons, surgeries, mm-hmm. not talking, taking care of his voice. And and I, so I just said, i got to get proactive on this. Mm-hmm. I've gone to specialists. And it turned out a lot of things were affecting my voice. One of them was snoring. <laughs> yeah. I went to a sleep center, and... Because the doctor said, you know, your voice, we fixed it. We, we've cauterized the vocal cord. It seems to be working properly. But they said, you've got to get this. You, unfortunately, Don, they said, you've got a perfect storm going on. You, you've moved up to the mountains where there's trees and pollen and leaves. You've got bad sinuses. They're constantly inflamed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think I was working, you know, 12-hour days, so I'd fall asleep so tired that I'd be snoring because I'm overtired. Mm-hmm. So I went to a sleep center for the sleep study and found out I had sleep apnea. And he said, that is death for a singer yeah. like you. Have you ever gone to a club and a, and a, a band's playing in the background and you're trying to talk a conversation loud over the music yeah. next to your horse? Absolutely. The same night even, yeah. Absolutely. The same night. You're talking to me all of a sudden you're like, I'm a little husky today because I sang till 3 o'clock in this morning. You know? Sure. And plus I've been taught doing so much press. Mm-hmm. But um, he said that's the same thing. Snoring is like just talking loud in a conversation for hours and hours and hours. So got that problem sorted sort out with a... Uh, I talked to uh, Jack Russell from Great White. He's singing like a bird, and he sings really high. And I said, what'd you do? And he says, oh, I got on this sleep thing called a CPAP. Yeah. It's like a machine you put on at night and you go to sleep, and it forces air down your throat and prevents you from snoring. It's a little thing, just little things you stick in your nose. So I put that on, I did that, did the study, and my voice got instantly better. As you can hear in the new album, yeah. like I've been, I've been presently uh, happy for people saying Don sounds like his old self, you know, as opposed to I was a little raspier on Lightning Strikes Again. My speaking voice is husky, but when I sing, it's real clear now, and people know on the record that my voice sounds like like I sang, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. And I it, said, well, it was a several-year struggle to get that back. Yeah, it does seem to be that, you know, the vocal, you know, the harmonies and, and all that stuff. Yeah, it sounds like what we have come to expect of you, you know, fans who have been there all along have expected from you. So it's, it's great to hear that. I the high notes on Kiss of Death and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but yeah. I get them when I feel it, you know, but I don't do it every night. So I don't feel I have any to prove how high I can sing. And yeah. You know, yeah. I, it's like I've, I think I've made my statement on that. Yeah, it was a style in the '80s. You know, everybody from David Coverdale to Judas Priest to, you know, everybody was singing super high. But I like singing a little more bluesier now, a little more emotional, and a little more emotive. I don't just feel like I have to scream hit out. these raging high notes at the end of every song anymore. Yeah, that's excellent. Well, Don, I, I don't want to take up any more of your time, but I want to thank you uh, for coming on the show again. You're going to be doing the Fall in Blue. A benefit uh, outside of that. Yeah, it's going to be great. That's uh, I believe November tenth, if I'm not mistaken. I'll I'll double check the date. Uh, uh, yeah, November tenth in Baltimore. I think it's called. I can't pronounce the name of the city. Uh, yeah, Paris or Coros. Um Yeah, it's a good cause. Raise money. I any, whenever it's a, a charity concert, I'm, I'm I'm the first guy to put my hand up and say I'm in. You know, you do it for free and. And you make raise money for people. Mm-hmm. You know the economy's tough. The government look. You look at Romney saying he's going to cut back funding on PBS. Yeah. You know PBS is a free station, educational for kids and everybody, and it's a way of the world. So it's up to people like us that have the vehicles, artists, to if we can raise money for anything from cancer research to charities for the uh, police people that have protected us. Um, or PBS, I donate to them every year. Mm-hmm. I donate money to Children's Hospital for cancer research. You have to pay it forward. Yeah. I mean, yeah. at some point, how much money do you need? Let alone, you know. Yeah, uh, it's, I totally understand that. And again, the new album "Broken Bones" is available through Frontiers. That's out now on Amazon, iTunes, and if you're fortunate enough to have a town that still has a record store, I'm sure they'll have it as well. Yeah, we just heard 
yesterday. It's called Best Buy. They're all over the country and yeah. sold out. Awesome. awesome. So I'm going, I'm frantically calling the record company, going, get some more in the stores right now, immediately. Yeah, capitalize on that. Well, Don, I want to thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, man. I appreciate it, and I hope everybody goes to Paul and Blue's show. Look it up on the internet and docking.net. You can buy tickets if you're out in that Baltimore area. Um, I want to go up there and get a tour of the White House. So I'll yeah. get that. <laughs> See what's going on up in that little house. God only and knows. I hope everybody shows up and pay, pays it forward. It's good for your heart, and it's it's a good cause, and it's like giving an early Christmas present to a lot of people that need yeah. uh, the help. Absolutely. All right, Donald. Thank you so much. No problem, brother. Green Day, the epic journey continues. Welcome to paradise. Green Day, live on tour. Don't want to be an American idiot. Uno Dos Trey Tour. Don't want a nation under the new media. January 14th, Consol Energy Center. On holiday. Unprecedented upcoming three new CDs. Go to greenday.com. January 14th, Consol Energy Center. Green Day. Tickets are on sale now. Dick's Sporting Goods Box Office at Consol Energy Center. Ticketmaster.com. Ticketmaster outlets are charged at 800 745 3000. Produced by SLP Concerts and Knitting Factory Presents. All right, a big thank you to Don Dockin of the band Dockin for joining us on the show. Again, fallenblue.org will give you all the information on the rock harvest happening outside of Baltimore, Maryland later on in the month of November. And also you can pick up Dockin's album on iTunes. Um, I know if you go to Amazon and places like that, Broken Bones, a uh, really cool album. Um, guitar sound is very reminiscent of their more classic period, um, you know, under lock and key back for the attack, things like that. So really an album worth checking out. Uh, Frontiers putting out phenomenal products. Um, really, really great stuff. And speaking of Frontiers, I want to send out a big congratulations to the band Gene the Werewolf, who have been on the Iron City Rocks podcast twice now. They were on back in 2009 with the release of their debut EP. Uh, they were signed to a European and Japanese deal with Frontiers Records. So uh, big things happening for Gene the Werewolf. So we will get Gene on the show for sure very, very soon. I want to remind all of you to go to the iTunes App Store and get yourself the Iron City Rocks app. And also, while you're there, get the Cast Iron Ring app. Cast Iron Ring, as many of you know, Iron City Rocks is a member of, uh, think of it as a union, a brotherhood of uh, hard rock metal music-related podcasts. Check that out at castironring.com. Both apps are free. Uh, both will allow you to get to information about all the shows and listen to episodes and things like that. The um, Iron City Rocks one also has concert dates for the Pittsburgh region, uh, links to all the major promoters and the such. So enjoy that. Let us know what you think. Uh, you're welcome to drop us an email at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Please get on our Facebook page. Like us, love us, want some more of us. Also on Twitter, forward slash Iron City Rocks. Until the next time, thanks for listening.